håller vad du är kappad. Everybody ready to get started? Oh, that's good and loud, Tom. Is everybody still full from Thanksgiving? Nobody go to sleep this morning. And all the football games. I, I got it all done yesterday, but I watched a lot of football. So today is a, of adoption, confession of faith, chapter 8, or chapter 12, I'm sorry. Eight's the one I did last time. So what is adoption? Before we get into the, just, just go to the Wikipedia. We're not going to stay in Wikipedia, but just a second. We're going to be in the Bible really quickly. Adoption is a process whereby a person assumes a parenting of another, usually a child from that person's biological or legal parent or parents. Legal adoptions firmly transfer all rights and responsibilities along with filiation from the biological parents to the adoptive parents. So what does it mean to be adopted by God? This is going to be a question and answer study lesson. Anybody? We are still full, I guess. I used it. I don't know if you guys have read this book. I know Tyler probably has. Redemption Accomplished and Applied by John Murray. It was written in 1955. And he says, John Murray, by adoption, the redeemed have become sons and daughters of the Lord God Almighty. They are introduced into and given privileges of God's family. And John Murray is a man that, if you watch John MacArthur or Sproul on YouTube, they will quote this book and talk about John Murray. Um, so this is chapter 12. The, the scripture proofs we will be going over as we do the question and answers in just a second. So chapter 12. All those that are justified, God vouchsafes or grants in and for his only son, Jesus Christ, to make partakers of the grace of adoption by which they are taken into the number and enjoy the liberties and privileges of the children of God, have his name put upon them, receive the spirit of adoption, have access to the throne of grace with boldness, are enabled to cry, Abba, Father, are pitied, protected, provided for, and chastened by him, as by a father, yet never cast off, but sealed to the day of redemption, and inherit the promises as heirs of everlasting salvation. So first questions. Who receives adoption? Look at your handouts. You'll see it pretty quickly. All those that are justified. And what does it mean to be justified? I know we learned that from the professor Greg Kinney last week. Mm -hmm. Being accounted as righteous, right? Accepted as righteous. The righteousness of God comes to us through our faith in Christ. Someone read, let's read right, John 1, 12 through 13, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, 
who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of the man, but of God. Someone read Ephesians 1.5 for us, please. Again, pur purpose of his will. We're going to get deep now. <laughs> How is adoption related to regeneration and justification? This is. Correct. And what is regeneration? Huh? A new heart, that's right. Supernaturally, I love how Sproul says it supernaturally changes the disposition of the soul from spiritual death to spiritual life. Right. And justification, we just said what that is. So you have to be regenerated and justified to be adopted into God's family. What is unique about it as a concept, or I like what is special about it as a concept? Right. Yep. We are the enemies of God. That's one thing. What else? Anyone else? These are all correct. Right. Um, as I was saying about John Murray's book just a second ago, I really like how, I'm going to read a little bit of this because he, he says it better than I. Adoption is concerned with the fatherhood of God in relation to men. There is, first of all, God's fatherhood, which is exclusively Trinitarian. The fatherhood of the Father, the first person of the Trinity in relation to the Son, the second person. This applies only to God the Father in his eternal and necessary relation to the Son and to the Son alone. And years ago, I know that I was watching Sproul. He was talking about it. In modern theology, this does not, they were saying this, but this is absolutely false. Sometimes said that men by adoption come to share in Christ's sonship and thus enter into the divine life of the Trinity. Absolutely not. That does not happen. When we become sons and daughters, we do have communicable attributes of the God and of the Son, but in no way are we ever the same as the Son, ever. I know we know that, but it doesn't hurt to say it <laughs> to make sure we all, because I don't want anybody going, yeah. And then it's another thing that was always talked about is, and this is true, in relation to men, there's what has sometimes been called the universal fatherhood of God, right? It is true that there is in a sense in which God may be said to the father of all, 
man creatively and providentially gives to all men life and breath and all things. Someone read Acts 17, 25 through 29 for me, please. Yeah, through 29. But Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription in the unknown tongue. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live in all states of the earth, having determined the right of souls and the boundaries of their dwellings, that they should seek God and perhaps build their way for him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from So when we read that, we see that, I mean, God is the Father of all. But when we're talking about our Father, we're, we're talking about the redemption, our redemption and our adoption is His becoming our Father, right? Not just because He created us, but because He redeemed us and adopted us as His Father, as our Father. Acts uh, 25, what was it? I mean, Acts 20, yeah, Acts 17, 25 through 29. Okay. No. No problem. What does it mean to be able to enjoy all of the liberties and privileges of the children of God. Someone read Matthew 6, 30 through 32, and we'll answer. And then if you guys come up with a, your comment or an answer, just chime in. Matthew 6, 30 through 32. So God's provision, right, provides. Galatians 4, 4 through 7. Somebody read that. You can read it right there. If you can see it from y'all, from there. Galatians 4, 4 through 7.
What does it mean to have his name put upon us? Yep. We are his. It's like I think Tyler, we were talking about, or Becky and I were talking about Tyler saying during baptism about, you know, the toy story about Woody's on the bottom has has a name has Andy on his deal. It's his belongs to him. God is we are his. Having his name upon us too, Second uh, Corinthians six eighteen. Just simple as that, right? Jeremiah fourteen And I like thinking, too, have his name put upon us. I mean, if we're his, he's protecting us, right? Besides sustaining us through the Holy Spirit, he's also protecting us. Someone read Romans 8, 38 through 39. is one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible. Nobody can pluck us from his hand, right? Any comments or questions? Receive the spirit. What does it mean to receive the spirit of adoption? It's certainly in Galatians 4, 4 through 7 right here, right? to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption to son. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. And Van Dixhorn says very well here, he says, on the contrary, one reason why we are given the spirit of adoption is that the spirit is God's seal to the day of redemption. That's in Ephesians 4.30. God has a plan for his people, and all that he does for us, to us and with us, is designed to prepare us for that great day. He is teaching his family members how to hold heavenly treasures in earthen vessels. It is his will that we, through faith and patience, will inherit all that he has promised. God has planned that we will be heirs of everlasting salvation, that we will receive an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for us. Any comments? Quiet crowd today. <laughs> have access, having access, what's it mean to have access to the throne of grace? 
That's excellent. You should teach women's Bible study. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. You know, I think as <laughs> they do call them cup, they do call them cupcakes. That may be more fearful. I think that's one of the things too, Tyler. Is when we are going into the throne room of God through the blood of Christ, we do go bold. But at times, we want to go fearful, and it's like we have to just confess right then. God, please ask the Holy Spirit to give us strength and power to do that. Um, because it's still difficult as us on this side of heaven, you know. Um, Maybe not all the hearing, but it is not true that access to the throne of grace is supposed to be in place through Christ. Absolutely. And you don't go to God directly, you go by Christ. Mm -hmm. Mr. Larry, what's he saying, John 14, 6? Right, you're going right through the blood of Christ. So when your prayers go to him, when you go to him, they're perfectly white as snow because of his blood. What a blessed assurance that is. Sometimes that's very difficult when you talk to Jewish people, which I do frequently, mm -hmm. uh, or just the Muslims. Mm -hmm. It's exactly the same as if you were the real parent, you know, or could you become the real parent? Yeah. 
Paul says it well in Ephesians 3.12. It says in the Westminster Confession 3.12, but I like 3.11 and that is, this was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. Next one. Very good. Y'all are waking up. Be able to cry, Abba, Father. What does it mean to be able to cry, Abba, Father? I mean, that close, intimate relationship as a father, right? I mean, you think about when we go to him as our father. And you we back up a second. We don't, I mean, I didn't really talk about this yet, but um, Jesus was really the first Jew to ever talk about our father or my father. It was always God Almighty, Yahweh. Jesus, and that's when what happened then. The Pharisees were like, "Whoa, stop! We got a problem here." You know, but but now he become he was Christ's father, and he comes becomes our father through adoption. And when we come to him, there's many ways we come to him. We come to him in adoration, as is our father, praise, and today worship and praise. All of that we do adoration, praise, and worship as part of our liturgy. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. And another thing I was thinking about too is like we call to him, we adoration, praise, but how often do we call for help when we're in angst and anxiety to him, right? And it makes me think of Luke twenty two forty two. Someone read that for us. We know this as soon as somebody reads, we'll know the setting of this. We know that's where God, when God is the Mount of Olives in the Garden of Gethsemane, He knows what's about to happen. He's about to feel the weight of the sin of the world on Him. He can only handle that. I've said this before. He can only, and because it's true, I'll say this. He can only hand, He's the only one in the world as God could handle 
Jesus as God could handle the weight of the sin, the weight of the world's sin. Man, he is saying right then, Father, if you're willing, take it away from me. I don't want to go through what I know I'm about to go through. But then he says, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. So remember when we're praying to our Father, I mean, he is our Father. Take it all to him, no matter what it is. If it's, a, if it's consequences of your own sin or consequences of sins of others, whatever it is, take it to him and ask him, we will be done. Because he is your father. We are adopted. Let's see, get to the front. Anything else? How does God respond to us as a result of our adoption? Someone read 1 Peter 1, 3 through 4. I'm going to read first uh, Peter 5, 7 while you're in first Peter, please. I was saying five seven, but I think you heard one five through seven. But that's, but that's also, all of that was incredible too. So we're good. Five seven is casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Yeah. What do we? The last question number six. What do we gain through our through our adoption? Exactly as I said. Everything. Everlasting salvation, all of it. I mean, everything. All right, this is going to be, this is how we're going to end. And this is uh, more about posing and charging our, my, the saints in the room, including myself. But this is Mo. Mo Ackeson. All right. He's adopted in the Axon family. A little story on Mo, or his or Mo's story, put it that way. Uh, we've always ridden in the field trials at the uh, Ames Plantation uh, National Bird Dog Field Trials. We say ride, you ride horses to watch the dogs. Well, February 15, 2015, 
It was a bad, that afternoon was a really bad ice storm. And we couldn't run, they closed it down, they didn't have the brace, the, the competition. So we went back to the barn, we went to Milano's, went back to the barn and had pizza and everything with some friends. Why well, would be there with ice storm and all, but we were there, you know. I guess we all wanted to be together. Well, lo and behold, here comes a little, a young, probably a year to two year old beagle puppy. And his backbone was about that much above his back. Ribs showing, looked terrible. He came into the barn. Of course, being good Presbyterians, we fed him. You know? <laughs> we fed him Milano's pizza. I mean, good carbohydrates. And, or as we say now, carbs. And... Um, well, you can tell he's had plenty of carbs since then. <laughs> but he um, he was really shy. I'm sure he did not make a very good hunting dog, so somebody threw him out. Must have been beaten because he just he would just try. To, he'd, so shy he wouldn't hardly come to you. That was in 2015. Well, we began to feed him dog food at the barn. Then we went from the barn to the front porch of the house, which is about 200 yards away. Then we even put a unsightly kennel on the front porch of the house for him to eat in the kennel, you know. And then he migrated to the sunroom of our house at night in the cold days. We'd open the door, Becky would open the door in her doggy voice. He'd come in and go to the sunroom and go in his kennel. Never, never had an accident, hardly ever. Like he was like, I'm not messing this thing up. You know? <laughs> Stayed in the kennel. In the morning, we'd let him out. He'd go out, and he'd just go out and have his time all day. And then same thing every night is a routine. I don't know if we trained him or he trained us, but, but over those years, and even to this day, he's confident. Like before then, if any of you guys came around, he would be to the woods and hide until everybody left and then he would come back. Now he's, we did the renovation on our house. Now he has a doggy door in the garage. <laughs> And he has a little buddy heater, and it really gets toasty in there. You walk in, it's like, we got to turn this down. But he goes in and out. He'll run in, get a treat, and go out the, back, go out the front door or the back door. But the thing that you'll know if you ever get to meet Mo, and you can come pet him for five bucks, because <laughs> we're retired and we need income. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But he's... Uh, the thing that you'll notice about him is, one, you can tell dogs pant because they're nervous, they pant because they're hot, or they pant because they're happy. Well, he's happy right there. And the thing that you will notice about him is he knows that he's been rescued. He knows he's been adopted. He knows that because you know when you meet him because of his actions. He's squid. If you start talking to him sweet he'll run around the feet run around the yard squealing <laughs> if you pet him he just whines and squeals he's the sweetest dog and um but he is adopted in the Axon family and he has been rescued right he has shelter he has food he has love we tried clothing he didn't like the man sweaters <laughs> right but i charge you and me with this when we're in the world and when we're here today worshiping and when we're at home with our spouses, 
our family members, our friends, alone, wherever, do we act? Will people understand and see that we're adopted? Do we show it in our actions and our words and our deeds? Because the difference between Mo and us, besides him being a dog and us being a human, he is he is he belongs to a family that has finite means, finite love, certainly in my case, finite patience. Um, whereas our father created the universe, our father loved us so much he killed his son and shed his blood for us. He loves us so much he adopted us into his family and we have all the rights and liberties. And as Blake was saying earlier about the, you know, the husbands that, or the fathers that say, I don't really want to do this anymore, our father will never forsake us. He'll never leave us. We can come to him and cry, Abba, Father, in angst and anxiety. But do we see when we're in the world and we're supposed to be salt and light of the world and that's not easy, right? But when we are, when we're in the world and we're being salt and light, will people see Christ in us? Will, it, will we emanate the love of Christ because we've been adopted? And if not, get on your knees and ask God for forgiveness because it's not going to be easy. I mean, I... How, how well do I do? Some days pretty good, a lot of days not that great. And I think we all can say that. But thanks be to God for Christ. And thanks be to God for a father that loves us enough that he sent his son to die for us. And that he would regenerate our heart. And he would justify us and adopt us. Any questions or thoughts? No. He's a stinky, he's a sweet dog, but he's a stinky dog. Yeah. He used to have, like me, he used to have dark hair on top. He's all white now. Let me pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, what a wonderful time it is when we, our saints, can get together and talk about you and worship you with your word that we can ponder upon it and learn more about you and learn more about the grace and the love that you have for us and the mercy. Lord, may you empower us with the spirit of adoption as we go out in the world to be salt and light. May everyone there see Jesus in us. Thank you for mercy. And Lord, please come quickly. Forgive us our sins. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.